This is More Knowledge, More Wealth with your host, Gabriel Shaheen. Gabriel is a certified financial planner and a registered investment advisor at Falcon Wealth Planning. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the services or securities discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full informed investment decision. Now here's your host, Gabriel Shaheen. Good day, this is Gabriel Shaheen, Certified Financial Planner and your host of More Knowledge, More Wealth here on every weekend talking about all important topics of personal finance. My job is to go over the knowledge you need to increase your wealth. Now to the listener, you can always reach out to myself or any one of our colleagues here at Falcon Wealth Planning. Our phone number is 855-963-2526. That's 855-96-FALCON, like the bird. Or visit our website at falconwealthplanning.com. That's falconwp.com for short, where you can get this episode or any one of our previous episodes as well, whether it's through iHeartRadio, Spotify, or the classic podcast. And our website has this knowledge center, which is fantastic. There are so many cool things that you can find, especially even on our YouTube channel, which has a link directly to that, that really answers the questions that you've been reaching out to us and wanting for us to solve, such as sending an email to radio at falconwp.com. That's radio at falconwp.com. So we're able to answer those questions that you guys have. Now, I'm the president of Falcon Wealth Planning. We are fee-only, non-commissioned, true fiduciary folks where we talk about all important topics that you need that involves a dollar sign. It could be where you are today, how retirement looks like, taxes, investments, estate planning, insurance, folks, you name it, anything that involves that dollar sign, we can help you. And folks, we're offering a free financial assessment to help relate this show to your specific situation. Our phone number is 855-963-2526. That's 855-96-FALCON like the bird, where we'll give you one, one to two meetings, one to two hours of our time at no cost, folks. We'll be happy to help. And we have offices all over servicing 40 metropolitan cities across the country, folks. We're able to help you out. Just reach out. We will take care of you. Today, I want to talk just big picture on the markets, right? Because you heard earlier, all-time highs, there's always things going on that uh, seems like one every three days, historically speaking, is an all-time high, which we know. The stock market just goes uphill. We know it goes up and down, up and down, up and down, but it goes uphill pretty much uh, always, right? It's just, as you know, uh, if it didn't go that way, if it falls on the other side of the hill, well, now you have major economic issues. I made this comment to somebody. Sometimes when I just talk, I just really think of things. And I said, outside of truly our population, reducing. Instead of 8 billion people, we have 4 billion people. The stock market should always go up, right? Now, obviously, there's disclosures, there's no guarantees and things like that. But truly, it doesn't matter who's president, even a world war, assuming our population continues to increase and doesn't go down, and people still need to, I'm going to be crazy here, eat food. <laughs> people still decide to go on the internet People still need move forms of transportation, whether it's flying or driving or whatever the case is. If those still, the items are still necessary, right? We still need clothes on our back. Then companies will continue to be in business and sell and make money. As long as population continues to grow and we still have these advancements, not regressions where all of a sudden 
there is no internet. People are not living in houses anymore. People are drinking out of rivers and hunting for their food. As long as there's continuous enhancements, stock markets go up. So this is the capitalism piece of it. And this is, it had me really thinking. I read something the other day and I just thought it was wrong. They said that uh, Rockefeller's net worth was a billion dollars in today's dollars. And I'm like, who, how are they thinking of this? They're just using classic inflation. They're not looking at the growth. They're not really looking at anything. So it really truly had me think about this because standard oil in 1880 and so on, it got broken up in 1911. I said, you know, so I, I thought I'd do some research on this. And so I, what I did was I wanted to see the seven companies they broke into. Now, the seven companies in 1911, when it was deemed a monopoly, first I was like, how fair is that? Like, was it un, is it, should it have been a monopoly? And I started thinking like, were they just so big? Because Apple is 12% of our whole economy. When you look at the size of it, right? Multi-trillions of dollars. Microsoft now over $3 trillion, right? They have the big seven stocks. They call it the Magnificent Seven. You got Apple, Amazon, uh, Microsoft, Google, Facebook, Tesla, and NVIDIA. So these are like the biggest companies. Represents a massive amount, about 30 plus percent of everything, okay? So it's had me thinking, how big was it, right? Because if Apple was 12%, Standard Oil back then was 6%, okay? Now here's where it got a little unique. They owned and controlled 90% of the oil supply. That's where the monopoly came in. This is where capitalism is good, right? Greed is good, right? People are trying to grow and be successful and have a lot, make a lot of money. But when you control people and you control all supply where everything has to go through you, you're more powerful than a government. This is why some people are saying Google should be broken up. So it was broken into, I'll give you the original seven, okay? Standard Oil of Kentucky, Standard Oil of California, Standard Oil of New York, Standard Oil of New Jersey, Standard Oil of Indiana, Standard Oil Company, which was in Ohio, and the Ohio Oil Company. Now, these have been renamed multiple times over. So let me tell you what they are today. Today, they are known as, let me see here, uh, Chevron, okay? Exxon, which used to be Exxon Mobil, BP, and uh, so Chevron, Exxon, BP, and Marathon. So they've been renamed to these. And by the way, Chevron Exxon owns a majority of the oil. It's about 70%, just those two of the whole market capitalization. So had me thinking, excuse me, of, you know, how fair is something like this? And how much was he worth? How much would he have been worth if none of this uh, were to have gone down? By the way, folks, if you're just joining me, you're listening to Gabriel Sheen, Certified Financial Planner, and your host of More Knowledge, More Wealth here on every weekend. We're talking about all important topics of personal finance. And today I just thought we'd take a look at Rockefeller and just his control that he had in the industry. So he owned one third of Standard Oil, okay? And so owning one third at something that was 6% of the whole economy, now, our whole economy right now, let's just call it, it's worth $55 trillion. 6% of that is $3.3 trillion. He owned one third of that. That means he would have had over a trillion, $1.1 trillion net worth just in standard oil. You know, he was big into real estate, right? Rockefeller building, right? So they, the thought that this person could have truly been the world's first trillionaire is insane. 
And so these are, that's a whole nother argument is like too rich, too bad, right? When you have that much money, you can buy countries, multiple countries. You understand? I mean, Apple by itself is more than, is worth more than, Magnificent Seven is worth more than multiple countries combined. Okay, so it's just, yet again, just interesting information. And the purpose of me bringing this up to you is truly just kind of one core thing. Because when you look at the Magnificent Seven, it's larger than, just the largest seven companies, than China and every other country that's out there. I'll take it a step further. Magnificent Seven is larger than Japan, Canada, and the UK, and almost France all combined, that Magnificent Seven. It's kind of insane when you think about it. So the idea of this is there's always going to be a new Magnificent Seven. They used to call it Fang before, by the way. Let me see if I remember it. Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, and Google. Poor Microsoft was not in that one. So they always have new names for these things. And so diversification is key in this aspect because you have two sides to it, okay? These always don't do well, right? In 2022, these things lost 40 plus percent. So, okay, so that's number one. Number two, if one of these get hit hard, like if Apple's new headset that's $3,500 fails, which a lot of people are thinking it may not do so well, not everybody wants to be isolated with this thing over their head, uh, in a room by themselves <laughs> for $3,500. Like that that seems a bit extreme. Uh, AR, my, augmented reality may not be something people want, but if that falls heavily, the whole market feels it. The S&P 500 feels it. They get that punch in the face. So diversification is key, but having some tilt in your portfolio is necessary because these Magnificent Seven are profitable companies. Now, some of them are still growth companies. Tesla has struggled a little. Why? Because their growth trajectory, their sales are not catching up to what they're expected to grow, which is 40% year over year. They're not selling enough cars, which is why they dropped their price on their vehicles. So that's just one example. So the idea of all this is, how are you incorporating all the information, all the different indices, all the different stocks, and all the sectors like tech, which seems to be huge. And it's driving a majority of the returns. Like, for example, QQQ is a decent player in this. It's NASDAQ excluded financials. I'm not telling you to go buy QQQ. I'm just saying this has substantially outperformed. MGK, it's a Vanguard's version of some of these larger, uh, we'll call it the, the Magnificent Sevens. So there are some uh, benefits to diversification for sure. But how do you incorporate it in your portfolio? I mean, you have exposure. If you buy SPY, if you buy the S&P 500, you have exposure and it's market cap weighted, which is great. But how are you taking advantage of the volatility that happens in 2022 and 2023? Are you buying in in 2022 and are you selling in 2023? Now, you, you don't buy and sell everything, right? This isn't a binary world. You don't go all in and all out. My point is, what are you doing? Folks, this is why we're saying it's a good idea just to take a look at what you're doing and how active and proactive you should be. Most people are reactive, right? Markets drop, they sell. No, you want to be proactive with it. That's when you buy. And when things are going well and you're making a lot of money, that's where you're proactive. You sell prior to it dropping. 
It's almost like physics. What goes up must come down. But like I said, when a company's goal is to continue to grow and capture market share, outside of that market share being too much, which that has happened from time to time, that doesn't mean you lose money. They just create a separate stock with a separate CEO and a separate operation. So you're still able to participate in that growth from an investment point of view. It's just operating as a separate holding now, separate board, separate control. They don't control the world. I mean, if Apple were to decide to just take over everybody's phone and get take all their information, take all their photos, take, take all the passwords they've stored, could you imagine? Turn off the phones, turn on the microphones where the government can record at any given second. Some are arguing that's already happening. Could you imagine? What would happen? Google. How often do we use Google? How many Google emails? Could you imagine if Google just said, we're going to ignore all the privacy policies and have access to everything and use it against you and blackmail you? Gmail blackmail use? <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Like, these are the things where governments have to get involved. So people get upset about this. If you need help with this, we want to offer our services where we can help review, communicate, and just discuss what's on your mind and how your portfolio should be doing and just understand how it's going to react. It's as simple as that. Our phone number is 855-963-2526. That's 855-96-FALCON, like the bird, or visit our website at falconwealthplanning.com. That's falconwp.com for short. We can help just go over just the conversation of what are you looking to achieve? If you're looking to get that 7 8% return, if you're already drawing the income off the portfolio, if you don't need the money, right? Some people literally are blessed where they don't need it. They're investing it on behalf of their heirs, or maybe it's just a hobby for them. If you can learn something, of just having that dialogue. We can help you with that. Folks, we're going to go on a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk more of just about the economy in general. We're going to talk about how you should be building out your portfolios and the things that you should be aware of. We'll be right back after a few words. This is Gabriel Shaheen, Certified Financial Planner, your host of More Knowledge, More Wealth. That's on every weekend. We're going over all important topics of personal finance. We're going over retirement planning, making sure you're prepared for retirement, social security and strategies, real estate, taxes, avoiding them now and in the future, investments, reducing fees, commissions, and so on, insurance and estate planning. Folks, we are offering a free financial assessment that you could take advantage of. We have offices all across Southern California, including the Inland Empire. Give us a call to take advantage. Our phone number is 855-963-2526. That's 855-96-FALCON, like the bird, or visit our website, falconwealthplanning.com. That's falconwp.com for short. Enjoy the show. We look forward to serving you. Welcome back, folks. This is Gabriel Shane, Certified Financial Planner, and your host of More Knowledge, More Wealth here on every weekend, talking about all important topics of personal finance. And I was just discussing on the first side of the meeting, uh, the first segment here is just talking about uh, Standard Oil and the 1911 breakup uh, due to a monopoly into uh, seven companies, all a bunch of Standard Oil companies that is now known as Chevron, Exxon, BP, and Marathon. And quite frankly, uh, Rockefeller would have been worth oh, well over a trillion dollars, not including the positive cash flow he would receive from it, not including the, still the real estate and everything that he's worth. He would probably been by far the richest family ever uh, if he would have continued that. So it just got me thinking about just portfolios and just markets in general. And I started looking up of just 15 companies the U.S. government tried to break up uh, for a monopoly. And so uh, it's just important, right? Because it's not new news. People are thinking America is going more and more socialist and uh, they want to go and attack the Elon Musk, the Jeff Bezos, uh, the, the Tim Cooks of the world, or just these mega wealthy individuals, these entrepreneurs, so on and so forth. And I, I get it, the Zuckerbergs, 
And, and I get it. Some of their platforms may have extreme power and control. So there should be regulation. This is why you always see them in Congress. So I get that. But at the end of the day, you have to continue to motivate these individuals or the innovation will not come. If there is no incentive for somebody to build something knowing that, okay, listen, we get it. A million dollars is a lot. 10 million is a lot. A hundred million is most likely more than you'll ever need. A billion, we could probably agree the same. You can have a $50 million house, right? You could have 10 $50 million house and still have half a billion dollars left to maintain those, right? Okay. So, but 10 billion, 50 billion, 100 billion, 500 million, not that there's some, Elon Musk got close, he got up to maybe 350 billion, but it comes to a point where it's just too, maybe too much. So that's where they start looking into it. Now, somebody like Elon has multiple companies and things like that, and his liquidity is not super strong. All his money, remember when he sold PayPal, the story of $100 million that he had? What did he do, or 200 million? He was living on somebody's couch, right? He rolled that into other companies, probably utilizing some QSBS tax strategies there, which we won't go into, but the logic is this. Do you know everything that I'm talking about? Like most people don't. This was an inquiry that was coming on the show. Just talk more about markets and capitalism because I mentioned about it a lot. And so we all know about the standard oil that actually broke up. Do people know about AT&T? Back in the 80s, AT&T, right? You got the American Bell uh, uh, Telephone Company, right? So AT&T was a big one. And that was something that was trying to be broken up. How about Microsoft? Remember that whole thing with internet? Explorer as well. What about American Tobacco that spun off companies like R.J. Reynolds, Legit, Myers, uh, Loreland, even though they're not the biggest one, Altria is the biggest one right now, they still have significant influence in the industry. Northern Securities, another popular one as well. You have Swift & Co. That was, what, 100 plus years ago as well? So they were talking about meatpacking and fixing prices and things like that. What about Adobe, Apple, Google, Intel, Intuit, Pixar over in 2010? Remember that was coming out. Silicon Valley companies were getting some, some issues for uh, poaching and things like that. Uh, cold calling. What about Kodak? Poor people aren't in business. A hundred years ago, they also had a significant uh, market uh, uh, control at that time. So in the film industry, uh, you have also Paramount Pictures in 1948. You've had um, uh, Galaxo Group, that was in the 70s. Uh, Apple, obviously in 2012, they ran into issues as well. And then Alcoa is another one that ran into some issues um, in the aluminum market, just having way too much control. So guys, this isn't the first time this is happening. The government just want to make sure it's not unfair to us. Right? We live in such a great country still, despite what you may think, where our government tries to make life easy on the people. That doesn't mean they can't tax. Okay, That doesn't mean there isn't some annoying laws that come into effect that you may disagree with. Try other countries. You think we're bad? Try other countries. Okay, and don't Tell me how bad it is. There's a reason people from other countries come to our country. Okay. But the idea is they want fair markets, okay? So what that means is um, if you wanted to uh, start a company selling flowers, you can sell it at a lower price. Um, you don't make as much as the other guys, but the other guys are going to have to do something. They can go so low to put you out of business. These are things I were l uh, learned about in business school and economics. Okay, 
But let's just say somebody owns so much of one industry. Uh, I remember learning about Tucker Cars. Uh, I think it was uh, Mill Bridges or something uh, that uh, was in the movie when I watched it. But uh, the big three companies at the time, GM, Chrysler, and Ford, squeezed them out. It was a fantastic car. They squeezed them out of the industry. Okay, well, Tesla now has come in and squeezed himself into the industry. Obviously, Toyota is massive, Honda, so on and so forth. Volvo, or excuse me, VW is big. So, but if you and I wanted to come in into an industry, it allows for competition. Lucid, look at them, look at Rivian, let alone Tesla that has now come in. But if there's truly an industry that you can't because 90% of it is controlled by one person, the government will get involved. What's the purpose of me bringing this up? Quite frankly, this is every company's goal and aspiration. <laughs> is to have that much control. You know, don't you notice there's more social media platforms than Facebook and Instagram and uh, Twitter, which is now X, and uh, uh, there's one more, TikTok, okay? Uh, now, Instagram and Facebook are owned both by Facebook, by Meta, uh, but Twitter is separate, and you have TikTok that's separate. And so there could be arguments in the future where there's monopoly there. I said earlier about Google as well. There could be commentary where that could be a monopoly. Like they have so much control in regards to ad space and search engines. I mean, good, don't get me wrong. They have a fantastic product. You go on Yahoo and try to Yahoo something. You have a million ads popping up at you. It's busy as hell. Google is simple. They understand that. Simple sales. So that business model where they gave up on ad space on the front page so they can make it all on the back end turned out to be a genius business move. These strategies and these conversations it what helps analysts, a form of analyst on a company. Because you can look at financial analysts. These are people that look at the books of the company. This is Warren Buffett, what he's known for, and Charlie Munger, God rest his soul. This is what they were known for, of looking at the financials of a company and saying how strong they are. This, though, could be looked at as old news. They were good three months ago. How do you know they're good today? This is where technical analysis comes in. This is where people take information that is going on today and they see what's going on. They see the trends, the moving averages of a stock, cyclical, which is there is a validity for cyclical behavior in a stock. So these are the things that people and analysts also take into consideration. There's aggregate analysis. There's uh, uh, other types of uh, analysis, quantitative analysis that are out there that people take into account to determine what is a good investment. By the way, folks, if you're just joining me, you're listening to Gabriel Shane, Certified Financial Planner, and your host of More Knowledge, More Wealth here on every week and talking about all important topics of personal finance. And today, I just wanted to discuss with you the importance of individual stocks, the impact that has on the economy, the fact that we need these companies, the fact that they can get sometimes so big the government has to get involved, and that's not always a bad thing. And antitrust is not always a bad thing. Now, if there's a lawsuit involved where they did something illegally to capture that market space and put people out of business, like what Amazon is going through right now, that can cause issues. Don't you notice that I'm going up as much as everything else? Because they could be sitting on a $100 billion antitrust lawsuit, squeezing out small businesses. I mean, I'm throwing those numbers out there, but I'm saying it could be massive. So the impact this has on you is what? Is are you over-concentrated in a stock? Have you made a bunch of money? You know who else made a bunch of money? People invested in Ford, GE, GM. It made them millions of dollars in the 60s. And they had millions of dollars up until the early 2000s. But now look at them. They're, some of them are a tenth of the price with no splits or anything. 
So the idea, the market cap, they've dropped so much in value. Uh, Jeff Bezos says it perfectly. Amazon is one day going to be out of business. Job of the CEO is to keep it in business as long as possible. Look how smart they are. Apple, they're going to be in business until a company, let's just call it Apple, or uh, let's just call it banana or orange or pear comes up and puts them out of business, right? Potentially with a more superior product. So that's why you have to continue to innovate. So you have to look at what the R&D is relative to the cash flow, look to the income, to what the revenues are and what's the net profit with all that. Are they still profitable? Look at the marketing piece. How much are they spending on the marketing? What's the capture rate? These are important pieces. These companies, some of them spend billions of dollars. You compare that to other industries and similar industries. You kind of notice some of this conversation on something like Shark Tank. This is what analysts do. My whole purpose of this is that's a lot of work. Are you doing that? Have you just gotten lucky because you're like, Apple's a good investment? Hey, I use Google. Hey, I bought Microsoft computers. Hey, I now drive a Tesla. That's called luck. That's called you using something and feeling warm and fuzzy about it. But now you're emotionally hooked to it because you made so much money. When are you able to reanalyze to see, is that the best investment today for the next 10 plus years? Let me give you an example. You may have a property that you inherited or an old house that's a rental and you're keeping it as a rental because you have it established already. It's convenient. You don't have to do anything or think anything about it. Let's say you inherited a home. Now, let's say that home is a million bucks and you're renting it out for $5,000 a month after all expenses, property taxes, maybe association, you net $4,000 a month. Okay, let's call that $50,000 a year. You're making 5% on a million dollar property. Good work. The idea is, if you had a million dollars and not that house, would you go and buy a similar house? Probably not. You're doing it with convenience. This is that recency bias and convenience bias people fall into all the time. This is why having a financial partner is huge. These are the things you have to analyze. Does it make sense? You sometimes just need that outside third party to just come in there and say, this is not a good investment anymore. Or I understand you inherited it, great. But if you need this for financial success, it's not worth it. You may have an emotional tie to it. If you're emotionally tied to it and can afford it, great, hold on to it. But if you don't have an emotional tie and you're doing it for income purposes, you could potentially take that property, split it up into two or three properties at 300 or 350 a piece, and maybe net five to 6,000 a month. These are the things where you have to talk to a professional. Folks, this is why we're offering a pre-financial assessment where we're giving one to two meetings, one to two hours of our time, folks, at no cost. Give us a call. We can help. Our phone number is 855-963-2526. That's 855-96-FALCON, like the bird, where we can help answer these questions for you. Folks, if that was a fast, fast show, thank you for tuning in. I want you to have a fantastic weekend. Have a great week and God bless.